So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, Chica. Hi. I haven't watched the race yet, by the way. What happened? Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the Sergio Perez of F1 Podcasts. We've been slowing down other F1 podcasts for a long time now. And now a lot of Dutch people love us. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the F1 podcast that will be quite boring until Latifi pops in through the wall. Oh, hey, guys. How are you? Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, bullying Michael Massey since 2015. Michael Messi, more like. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, trying to be incredulous as Christian Horner was before the last lap. I mean, this is disgusting. There's no way I'm, gonna, I'm not going to recognise this result. I'm like Nigel Farage the day before Brexit. Oh, Brexit's <laughs> great. Fucking, oh, the people, the people have spoken. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, would we be as gracious in defeat as Hamilton has been? That's See enough. every comment I've ever made about Mr. <laughs> Apex. That was <laughs> I'm Chigares, and guess who's going to be making up rules all evening? Me, that is who. Um, it's called motor racing. Look it up, you dweebs. Today, from our dark and dingy corners of the internet, we are going to be looking back at the colossal clusterfuck that was the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Max Verstappen became world champion by winning a race that Lewis Hamilton dominated. Toto Wolf and Christian Horner whinged continuously, and Michael Massey made himself and the FIA look like a bunch of idiots. All in all, it was classic F1. That is all to come. Joining me is a man who watched the final race in a manner the sports founders always imagined. It is Phil Tromans. Final race of the season. Maybe the most exciting finale that we've had. Maybe ever. What's the best way to watch that race? Massive screen TV, big spread of beer and snacks, or on your phone in a rainy car park? My oh. daughter wasn't very well and we had to take her to hospital. It was rubbish. Oh. Turns out she's fine. It's just one of those things you kind of like, eh, we probably better just to be on the safe side to make sure it's fine. It is fine. She's fine now. Um, you see, you're sounding like the Michael Massey of dads. You should be like Charlie Whitey and just be like, no, you shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I should have done, but she doesn't listen to me. So, so oh. yeah, we had to take it off. So you are like because- Michael Massey. <laughs> and alongside him is a man who made some trousers. It is Terry Saunders. I did some sewing lessons a few weeks ago. I don't know if I mentioned that <laughs> on the podcast before. Wow. But I thought, I'll do some sewing lessons. And 
as a backstory, I've never so- I don't know how a sewing machine works. I've never sewn in my life. I signed up to a class to make a pair of trousers, and the teacher was very politely saying, "That's quite complicated." And I'm like, "Hey, do you know who I am? <laughs> I'm a white I'm male. <laughs> I've got white male privilege. Of course, I can do it." Cut. Long story short, did it this weekend. Made a second pair of trousers on my own, and actually, I'm going to show you them because I've actually done. Them. Oh. Terry I mean, is, he's wearing a pair Terry's, of tracksuit track bottoms right off, now. disappeared off screen. Here are the trousers <laughs> I made. Look, look. Wow, unfortunately, my internet is so terrible, I cannot yeah, see what they look I like. I think it's your internet, Terry. This, well, I've got German internet. It's I terrible. I mean, so far, it might well, as a sort of patchy... Well be a, yeah, it could be a tea towel. Is it patchwork? Yeah. Fuck it. All right, fine. I went to Bergheim. Is that what you want to hear? Is that the story you yeah! want? Yeah! No. Jesus Christ. I still, still don't care about Berg. I went to Cap. Kit Kat. How about that? Have you heard of that one? Kit Kat, the chocolate bar. Mm, yum, yum, yum. I actually would be well impressed about hearing a tour of the Kit Kat factory. Is that in is that in Berlin? Um, one of them is. Is it? Cat is Just... in Dusseldorf. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's get straight into Listener's Corner and the main bit of the race. Originally, we were going to do an intro about being pushed off and having to reduce the gap, but nobody remembers that now. No. It's all about the madness of the last few laps. Hamilton had a big lead and then Nicholas Latifi, the man we all expected to have the biggest impact on the championship, had a big impact with the wall. Out came the safety car, in went Verstappen for new tyres and then race director Michael Massey decided to make up a new rule. All the cars between Max and Lewis were waved through, the safety car came in almost straight away instead of a lap later and Max easily swept to victory and the championship. So Andy Dixon said... This couldn't be any more F1 if this was decided in court. Here's the thing. Once Latifi hit the wall, Massey and F1 were in a no-win situation. They tried to let the championship finish as a race and not as a damp squib behind the safety car. Tom Collins said, So Massey thinks he's Steven Spielberg. The problem comes when, thanks to his intervention only, the person who's clearly fastest doesn't win the race. How does this help the sport? Neil Burge says... There's a protocol to follow for the safety car restart set in the rules. I think the result should be left alone, but Massey should be thinking hard about resigning. And Stuart Forsyth says, To be totally honest, I didn't really care which one of them won the title. I'm just enjoying the drama and the complete meltdown from Toto and Mercedes. Just like how I'd have enjoyed the meltdown from Horner and Red Bull if it had gone the other way. And Chris Dennison said, Other than an immediate red flag... What went down was the best possible end to an insane season. If it had finished under a safety car or with six lap cars between the two contenders, it would have been an absolute farce. Bravo, Max. Right. Right. I've got, I've got something to say about that last comment because I think that last comment is so nearly to being accurate but has actually swerved away at the last minute like Latifi and has ended up being an idiot that's ruined all the comments that we've had all year. So the thing is... It was okay, a farce. It, it was a farce. It was a farce because Lewis Hamilton was on like 40 lap old hard tyres and Max Verstappen was on super fresh soft tyres. So it was a no contest. He was going to get through. If they'd have allowed, if they'd not allowed the lap cars, cars to pass and Max Verstappen, who, as we all know, is a fucking good driver, had to, had to overtake six cars and Lewis Hamilton, that would have been a worthy end to the championship. Even if he'd have won, that would have been a fucking box office ending instead of this fast we got. So I think the lap car should have stayed lapped, unlapped, yeah. And then that should have been the last lap. One yeah. lap of him trying to get through seven cars. My big issue with all of this is the fact that Massey just pulled this rule out of his ass, And 
<laughs> like it, it, it's so obviously trying to play up to the to the show, which isn't what a referee should do. And he's, he is in effect the referee, and his stewards are the sort of I don't know the VAR referees if we're using a football analogy. <clears throat> the fact that he just sort of pulled this thing out of thin air to decide the end of the race and thus the end of the championship rather than just sticking with the rules that are written down okay maybe it would have been a damp squib if it finished under the safety car maybe max would have found it harder if he you know if he didn't unlap the uh, if he didn't send all the cars through but those are in the rules that's that's fine that's just the way it plays out i don't think too many people would have a problem if it just played out the way that it's supposed to play out regardless of what actually happened it's the fact that he bent the rules and concocted this ridiculous charade for the past for the for the last lap that has left a really sour taste in my mouth i genuinely don't care that max has won or lewis hasn't won because you know i think they've both been brilliant this year overall but it's just it's the fia this year has just been so shit and this was just the shittest ending that's just left oh, nobody is happy apart from red bull and max and even in even then i think when they look back on it they're gonna go actually i wish we'd won it a little bit cleaner well, I, disag- probably, I, I disagree with that. Done. I disagree with that. They they don't seem to give a fucking shit about. They don't they at the moment, <laughs> but I think in the fullness of time, when they no. get fed up of everybody, everybody, no. everybody, everybody asterisking that maiden win, it's just gonna be like, look, I did, I did, I did drive pretty well that year. I didn't just get it given to me, and it's true, he did drive really well. But everybody's just going to be, yeah, all the Hamilton fanboys are just going to be like, oh, you only got that because Michael Messi gave it to you. Okay, on the day, I wasn't too pissed off about this. I was kind of like, it's a weird ending, but this has been a weird season. Maybe that's fine. And over the next couple of days, I started to get more and more angry, which is why, Missed Apex, we record our podcast on a Wednesday. It's so yeah. we've got time to get angry and then because, get back Because to we're, we're professionals. Yeah, yeah, we let things stew. <laughs> yeah, and we think about not- what we're doing. We were busy Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> Fuck off, Chicas. Don't, don't, don't let them see behind the curtain. <laughs> so uh, what's pissed me off most, I think, is... Do you remember I did a State of F1 a few races ago that was all about how Christian Horner and Red Bull are just, like, playing this fucking PR game to make out like they're always being wronged and everything? And the bit that absolutely pissed me off most about the entire fucking weekend was, you know, when they said, when the, the, the announcement came up saying lap cars will not be able to unlap themselves, and then there was that radio message to Max going, oh, guess what, you can't unlap yourselves. And Max was like, oh, yeah, fucking typical. Yeah, the FIA, they're always against us, aren't they? Yeah, it's fucking unbelievable, isn't it, Max? Yeah, well, I was expecting it because they're always against us. And then the very next lap, they get what they want, and then suddenly all the interviews are like, oh, we just had a bit of luck at the end. It's like, fuck you! You have just been moaning and bitching. Paul Michael Massey, I've got a theory... The FIA radio isn't to do with the show. It's Michael Massey's cry for fucking help because he's had Toto Wolf and Christian Horner ear-bending him for the entire... It's like a fucking abusive, toxic workplace relationship. And they, like, they just get on that fucking phone to him and have a go at him relentlessly all fucking year. And I think he's at fucking breaking point. And I think what the championship came down to wasn't was Lewis the best driver or was Max the best driver, but which bully had the better strategy of fucking bullying? <laughs> because Christian just does this kind of like, oh, we just need a one racing lap. We just need one racing lap. Whereas Toto's a little bit more pleady. Like, no, Michael, you can't do this. No. <laughs> I thought like, Arnie had why? jumped in. Why? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas no. Horner's just like, Oh, come on, do the right thing, man. Do the right thing. You know that everyone thinks you're a dick. So if you do the right thing, then everyone's going to like you. You know, yeah, and I'll, you know, I'll get Jerry to suck you off. What? And just, <laughs> just this kind of... 
And that's what it came down to, is I think at the very last minute, when he was at the very last lap of the last race, and frankly, of all the people this year, he deserves a fucking holiday, he was there going, like, when Latifi hit the wall, you just know that Massey went, oh, for fuck's sake. This is so interesting, Terry, because I thought you'd be really angry with Michael Massey and hate him and not offering him sort of pastoral care. I think he made the wrong decision, but I also think whether, I mean... Like Charlie Whiting was in that job for ages, and because he had that old kind of Bernie Eccleston slight touch of mafia against him, no, <laughs> and all the dry, like all of the team managers came up after him, kind of thing. So like they were like, you know, because because Charlie Whiting was like he was a, he was like a Brabham, guy, he was old, he, he was 80s. old school, old school. You wouldn't go up against him and Bernie because you oh, knew he, that they had cu- the power. Cut you. He yeah, they had the power to fucking destroy you. Yeah. Whereas I think mm-hmm. the problem there, Michael Massey's got no fucking respect. Christian Horner and Total Wolf have been in Ford for longer than him. So they're just like, do you know what? Who, who is it? He's like a supply teacher. He's just like, who is this fucking guy? <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah, there is an element. To, there me. may be an element of truth to that. But on the other hand, I can't imagine that Michael Massey is poorly remunerated. He probably gets quite a few quid to, to mm-hmm. do what he does. And yeah, part of his job is to money. stand up. It's to no. stand up for the decision and resist all this kind of bullshit. And I don't think they should be allowed to talk to him in the first place. It's like footballers hustling the referee. You know what, you know what they it. do? Yeah, I bet at the start of the season, Christian Order comes around like smoking a roly going, oh, this is a very nice steward's office you got here. Be a shame <laughs> if something happened to it, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, maybe, Michael, you could give some of that remuneration to Red Bull every month, you know, pay for a wing or two. You know, you know, I think we deserve it, don't we? And then Toto yeah. comes in going, oh, oh, it's the same thing, but in an Austrian accent. Can't be bothered. <laughs> ah, <laughs> Michael, <laughs> no! <laughs> I mean, that's the worst thing about the weekend. I have lost all respect for Toto Wolf. I go, yes, Michael, no, don't do it. Why, Michael? Why would you do it? Get on the chopper. I'm a cop, you idiot. What an absolute fucking bellend is Toto Wolf. I mean, Christian Horner is a and Toto Wolf is a bellend and I've got no respect for either of them it's such a shame oh. it's such a shame Toto Wolf always had you know he always had my respect but the, veneer, again, the veneer he just of, was begging yeah the Whoa. veneer of absolute this alpha is not male right <laughs> don't do it look all I'm saying is there's a lot of similarity between uh, Toto Wolf when the lap cars were allowed to unlap and me on a beach on the Canary Islands at the start of this year going why why have you done this to me don't leave me on a beach yeah. oh, don't let the cars un- I mean I did say to her don't let the cars unlap I didn't know why I said it at the time yeah. Yeah, it makes perfect sense and it was so strange that you, I know you've been in Berlin for a while but that you adopted a sort of German accent mm. I did, yeah. I did. <laughs> The whole thing is just very unsatisfactory. I wouldn't have minded some sort of crazy the cars crashing into each other. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. even have minded the you know Latifi crashing and they finish under the safety car or or they get everything sorted and they have one lap of proper racing. But not this stupid bullshit manufactured nonsense. Because I was going to ask because they try and avoid not finishing a race under a safety car in general isn't that's a kind of unwritten rule isn't it i don't well it isn't but i think it is an unwritten rule but at the end of the day it's a safety car it's there for safety you follow the procedure it doesn't matter if it takes you to the end of the race what happens happens you follow the procedure if that means you fell under the safety car or there's a red flag fine do that you know it's the way it goes it's sport Mm -hmm. but i can't can't remember who it was and apologies if it was somebody on our feed um, sending it to us, I can't remember, but somebody said it's the equivalent of 2-0 in the World Cup final to Brazil with two minutes to go 
and suddenly they're just like, uh, right, okay, well, now there's no goalkeepers and it's 1-1 now. And the referee decides that. And it's like, no, no, you don't do that. That's not how it do works. You know what? That, that is a good point because that's what really picked because I watched the news the next day and it was just like, you know, when they've got to get it down to like a one-line clip, you know, a 10-second clip, and it was Max Verstappen overtakes Lewis Hamilton on the last lap of the race. And it's like... But it was an unfair overtake because he was he was on these fresh fucking tires and Lewis was on these like there was no way Lewis could defend. Well, that, I'm, really. I'm not even bothered about that because that was that was sort of inherent in the pit strategies that they'd done because, you know, Verstappen being second had that opportunity like he could he had nothing to lose he might as well come in and change him if Mercedes had done that, uh, they they would have lost track position to Verstappen and then there was the risk that it would finish under the safety car and they'd have just chucked away chucked away a win so i can absolutely understand why they didn't pit but that was that was the inherent risk and excitement in the race that was born of pure racing you know it's the situation of the race it doesn't it didn't need all this bullshit around it this manufactured if it had gone to manufactured nonsense i'd have rather they'd gone further and went right we're going to stop the race all the other cars pit. You've, you're done. We're going to have a ten lap shootout between Max and Lewis, <laughs> a sprint race, if you will, and yeah, something like that. They, they could have done a final lap between the two of them if they. If I mean, they, they might know. as well because uh, because the, one of the main reasons that Mercedes prote- protested afterwards is that the rules were not followed and specific. But but what one of the reasons they were apparently rejected is that the the rules say X and the rules say Y and the you know you have to let either all or none of the cars through and that's all basically written down but then there's another rule that says the race effectively says the race director can do what he wants in which case it's like why have the other rules <laughs> that that's the reason that apparently all the everything was rejected is that apparently under the rules michael massey was allowed to do that which is fucking insane next season are they saying that the race director and um team principals can't communicate well i think they're talking about it i don't know whether that's been enacted yet that okay. I, I read about that, that just before we started recording. I don't think they should be allowed to harangue the the uh, officials because it, even if it didn't affect his judgment, and I'm not sure it didn't, but even if it didn't, it's bad visuals, isn't it? You know, the fact that you've got all these people haranguing for one move or another. He's got to pick mm-hmm. a decision, and you know, it F1, be F1 by... fandom has become increasingly partisan. And, you know, yeah. whichever side gets disadvantaged is going to jump on that like it's, you know, piece of meat. Although I think I worked out who there was someone on Sunday who was happier, even more happier, even more happy than Christian Horner and Max Verstappen. Do you know who that was? Helmet Marco? Nope. Felipe Massa's dad. <laughs> I bet you he was watching that and he was like, that cunt! <laughs> I've been waiting for fucking 11, 12, however many years to see that bastard know what it's like to know, to see what it's like to lose on a fucking last lap. I bet they, I bet him and Felipe Massa were fucking enjoying were fucking, that Wow, moment. okay. I did wonder if, if Nicholas Latifi, as he was walking past, back to the pits and sort of all the drama had died down and they were focusing what was going on on track, there was just one camera on him that captures him pulling his mask off and it's Timo Glock underneath. Or, I mean, what was the Williams debrief like with George Russell, the new Mercedes driver, going, <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> this is unacceptable! Oh, bless him. <laughs> uh, anyway. Okay. Although, Felipe Massa, that name is a bit like... Uh, Massey. Massa, Massey. Oh, my God. Oh, we've blown this, this shit wide open. <laughs> 
Has Felipe Massa's dad just been siring children that can go and become the race director until one day he can get his yeah. revenge? Yeah, next year's a new team principal called Barry Masso. <laughs> okay, so one person who didn't have a meltdown, save for a barrage of swearing in the car, was Lewis Hamilton. Despite what seemed like a nailed-on eighth title swiped from him at the last minute, he congratulated Max on his win and stayed classy. Dougie Harper says, Notice the difference in attitude between Lewis today and Max last week, walking off the podium. Will Bowen says, Whilst Toto is out the back losing his mind, at least Hamilton had the good grace to be magnanimous in defeat, a true champion and leader. Not sure we'd have seen the same from Max. And Julie, on email, says, Lewis lost like a champion at the race and not only stood proud of the work he's done regardless, but also congratulated Max in a truly heartfelt way. And beyond that, he did it all wearing a progressive pride flag helmet in multiple countries who kill their gay citizens, which, as a trans woman, means the absolute world to me. He was here, pretty, here. pretty classy in defeat, wasn't he? Exactly. And yeah. I, do, I do think there's something... Well, actually, on the last point, I mean, him and Sebastian Vettel this year have got to have praise for standing up for things in fucking shitty countries and yeah. not doing a mm-hmm. Daniel Ricciardo and going, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I've not seen many women about, actually, now you mentioned it. Um, <laughs> I think I've <laughs> <called> them Sheila. <laughs> oh, Sheila, yeah. Flaming gazelle. <laughs> yeah. God, blimey's truth, Gavna. Uh, no way, that's Cockney. Sorry, I can't remember. <laughs> Australian sound like I've never been there. Exactly. Yeah, the Sheikh bin Mohammed gave us a lovely barbecue. Yeah, good, oh. good big thick cuts of meat. Oh, <laughs> I then, said then. it looks like looks like a journalist's arm. This. <laughs> oh. Anyway, um, <laughs> this oh, is what happens God. when I try and make a decent point, and Daniel Ricciardo pops into my head. But. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the only the, there's many bad things from this weekend, but can you imagine? Can you imagine if Lewis Hamilton had won, what a Red Bull, Christian Horner, Max Verstappen, and all of the fucking Dutch would be doing right now? <laughs> and I like to think that us non-Dutch, who are the Lewis Hamilton fans, the non-Dutch of the world, are actually really quite <laughs> magnanim- magnanimous. Magnanimous. I can't even say magnanimous. It's not very magnanimous of you. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I did think he was super classy, but I, I, I want to put on record, I have no problem with Verstappen winning the title overall. I have a problem with the manner in which he was sort of gifted the championship to a certain mm. extent. However, I think on balance, and I'm sure we'll get into this on our season review, that over the course of the season, he's probably been the better driver and the Red Bull's been the slightly faster car. Despite the fact that I, I'm not the biggest fan of the way he races, I think he's too aggressive, but he's quick as fuck. He's one of the most fascinating entertaining and incredible drivers of the past 30 years and it has been brilliant to see them battle it out so i have no trouble at all with verstappen being the champion but it uh, i do think that hamilton's got the edge when it comes to being a bit more of a classy person and representative for the sport and i know this is very boring but i entirely agree um, like i was thinking actually you know like lewis hamilton was a bit lost in the middle of the season you know and just things like i was thinking yesterday of like you know that that was it Azerbaijan where he left the wrong brake setting on and fucked up the restart and ended up at the back of the field because he had the magic switch on whatever it was and it's like that was enough that lost the championship that amount of points when he had a fucking nailed on win would have won the championship like he made more mistakes this year for sure yeah Mm. and and Verstappen's only the only time Verstappen has really lost points has 
not really been through his own fault. Like when he got taken out by Bottas, when we had the clash with Hamilton at Silverstone, which you could argue whose fault that was, but you know, racing incident as far as I was concerned. Um, and then the tyre blowing up at Baku as well. I mean, without those, he'd have been way ahead. Yeah. So mm. we'll, although, we'll get into that more in a week or so. Although, talking of classy, what I liked, perhaps my favourite moment of the race was on the radio when, when he won the championship. You know, they had that kind of, hey, you're the champion, whatever. And he says something like, oh, I want to stay with you guys forever. I want to, I want to stay with Red Bull for the rest of my life. And there was just this kind of silence coming back. <laughs> it's like, we don't guarantee anybody that. Yeah, yeah. And Horder and, Horder and Marco are like, all right, mate, you're getting a bit up yourself. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then he says it again in one of the interviews. And yeah, there's yeah. this kind of shot of, of Marco going, Is this contract renewal overreach. coming up, is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, fuck yeah. you. We've got an eye Charlotte Clerk and we think we can get Lewis Hamilton, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so fuck you. Marco's like, look, just... that's, that's guaranteed you a year's extension, but let's not get yeah, too yeah. crazy. Yeah, come on. And there's going to be a pay cut. So, yes, go on. <laughs> We're the Frank Williams School of... Uh, Championship um, management. You're going to Arrows next year. Yeah, I did also think it's, it's interesting as well that, that um, when Will pointed out that Toto was losing his fucking shit, as we've talked about before, like the the difference between Hamilton and uh, Hamilton was clearly gutted. And mm. you know, in fairness, he did sort of complain about manipulation on the radio, and then there was a, an entirely beeped radio broadcast, which I thought was brilliant because I'd love to know what he was really saying. Mm. Um, but after that, he got himself together, and that's the thing about like. Everyone keeps bitching about Hamilton not being authentic or like that they feel that he's a hypocrite or he's done stuff in the past or whatever that he's now disagreeing with. Like, But it just feels like he's trying to be better as a person. And, that you know, I know there's a there's a value to authenticity as a person and, and all this kind of stuff, but it feels like a lot of other people in F1 are just sort of like, yeah, I'm a dick and I'm fine with it. And there's only so much respect I can have for that. You know, I'd rather somebody try and better themselves and try and do the right stuff. And all these people going, oh, why didn't Hamilton complain about this 10 years ago? It's like, well, he's, compla- he's complaining about it now. Yeah. But I think I also- this is on, really important now because all of a sudden, so many people have paid attention to the fact that Hamilton has been so gracious, you know, and, mm. he, you know, losing. And hopefully the fact that this has been brought to attention means that, you know, maybe things will change. Maybe F1 drivers won't be so, feel, you know, the need to be so arrogant in the future. And it's a, it's a very interesting thing because like when I started doing the other podcast, which was about what, 2007 or eight, like F1 drivers had no personality. Like they were not allowed by the corporate sponsors to show any personality. Hammered out of them, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like press release. And, and, and instead of, they didn't have interviews at the end of the race, there'd just be these press releases that obviously weren't written by them going, oh yeah, we had a really good session. And I really, I like, it was like a... There was nobody. I mean, Montoya yeah, it was maybe, like, and that was about it. Yeah, it was like a child's holiday project. As like, what did you do on holiday? Oh, we went to turn one, then <laughs> we went to turn two, and I yes. had a really good feeling about yeah. turn three. <laughs> and then I came home and had sausages. Yeah, and, and like Hamilton has been, you know, he was precocious and a bit of a prick when he started, but you know, he has shown that you can actually be yourself in Formula One and I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of him. I'm not in a kind of oh we're British because blah 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 you know it's just like actually I think he's a fucking decent guy. And actually so he's won seven titles and he's lost three titles on the last race I think because well, well there was near uh, the last race. Oh seven uh so this, seven when Russian won it yeah that was down year. to the last race or two wasn't it? And then the Rosberg one that was down to the last race at Abu Dhabi, wasn't yeah. it? Because he was yeah. trying to back him up. 
So he has been in serious contention of 10 <laughs> world titles. I mean, that is fucking astonishing. Yes. And hats off to him. He may not have won this one, but in my heart... He, st- he was still second. Yeah, he came second in my heart as well. But <laughs> yeah. Only because Nigel Mansell won. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, while all the madness was going on, it was the end of the road for several people in F1. Antonio Giovinazzi and Kimi Raikkonen capped off their F1 careers in glorious fashion by retiring while Honda chose to leave F1 just as they won the title. Tremendous timing, guys. Russell Pointer asks, how did Raikkonen get driver of the day? The world has gone insane. Well, I guess Massey started it. Tom Murray says, the real question on everybody's mind is, did Kimi ditch the car halfway through the race so he could get the party started early? Probably. No, Tom. Kimi doesn't do <laughs> Kimi parties doesn't party. anymore. Doesn't he? He wanted no, to run a bar sure. to have an early night. Kids. No, he doesn't. Actually, yeah, you've got, if I've got kids, and there's like I, could, I can't think of anything worse than a party. Oh, I had tickets for Burkheim. Oh, they uh, shut down. Um, well, actually, I meant to ask you about this as a diversion. What time were you at Burkheim when you went there? Like, what time were you queuing to get in? At, it was about day? eight p.m. on a Sunday. Fucking. And hell. what time were you wheeled out the queue? About eight on p.m. on the queue. About ten minutes. <laughs> And I oh. stayed until well, I think I stayed at about three a.m. on Monday morning. Out. See, I'd want to be getting home about eight p.m. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it went on to like ten a.m. Monday morning, so you know, could have stayed oh, late. Oh God, no, 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 no. But no. I had to work. Oh, Raikkonen. So I think he's been phoning it in for quite a number of years now, and this was. Well, I think example. since the first race of the two thousand and eight <laughs> season, he's pretty much been phoning it. In. It's like. Well, I've done it now. That's a terrible Raikkonen, but yeah, he's, I've, but he was I've just, won it now. What do he, I need to he didn't, give any, he didn't give any press conferences. He didn't do any interviews, did he? I think no. he... Well, not, I'm saw. not sure he did one afterwards. He did one before, I think, and then he sort of wandered up and down the paddock with his family, and then he just fucked off. There was one, a very telling poster on the, Alf, on the Alfa Romeo pit wall that was like, Kiri Raikkonen, 2007 world champion. And the thing is, the poster looked like it had been designed in 2007. It was like, <laughs> like word art with like lots of words like big and small. And he's just like, 2007 is a long time ago. Yeah. The only reason that he's not more pathetic is because the 2005 and 6 world champion is still <laughs> racing. <laughs> uh, God, it's pathetic. But uh, I love it. We I've said it like- before, he's like Nelson Piquet when I started watching Formula 1 going, who's this old man? And then you look at the, read the book and go, he's a three-time world champion. I was going to say, what? Nelson Piquet's got three world championships. Well, we, we were talking the other day about uh, undeserving world champions, and I did think that, much as I like him as a person and as a personality, Jensen Button, possibly. Yes. Basically, I mean, if you're talking about the car, that is the classic example of, like, it was about the car. Jensen's a perfectly decent driver, but he had that amazing brawn car for the first half of the season and cleaned up with it. But anyway, There was, was a very start. strange thing on the Sky coverage this weekend where they, where, where they had the pinnacle of three world champions being pundits. And yet somehow I've got no respect for any of them. It was Jensen Button, Damon Hill, who I really like, but still, you know, eh. and then uh, Nico Rosberg, who we, our feelings are known. And it was just the three of them talking. And you're just like, look, the one thing that's got all three of you in common is your one-time world champions who basically all fluked into a fucking championship. Maybe apart from Damon Hill, maybe you generally won. But you're talking about Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen, who are like both drivers who are fucking way above your pay grade. And it's just like, fuck off. Yeah, 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 yeah. So in other news, the action at Abu Dhabi isn't actually over because it's the young driver test. 
as we record, oh, you're going to have to help me with these names coming up. No. As we record, only one day has happened, and the fastest man was Nick DeVries in a Mercedes. Nailed it. Did I? Okay, yeah. thank you. You might remember him as a guy that didn't get George Russell's Williams seat next year. The second and third were Liam Lawson in an AlphaTauri and Oscar Piastri in an Alpine, who is the new F2 champion and doesn't race in F1 next year because he doesn't have a ton of Chinese money behind him. IndyCar driver Pato Bantano Ward was fourth in a McLaren. Alpha's new signing Guan Yu Zhou was fifth. Yuri Vips. Yuri Vips. <laughs> no, that's not a name. It is. Yuri Vips sounds like a Dad's Army era venereal disease. <laughs> or oh, we got a bit of the Yuri Vips. Ooh. Yeah, I went with that Deirdre last night. She's giving me the Yuri Vips. <laughs> now I look at it, a lot of these drivers have very silly names. <laughs> Yuri Vips was sixth in Red Bull, and Aston Martin's some driver Nick Yelloy Sorry, was. Sorry, that's that's a, a spelling mistake by me, and should be sim driver, not some driver. Sim driver. And... Sorry, I'm just reading. No, that's yeah, that's me. Without thinking it wrong. here. Uh, and Aston ye- Martin's Yelloly. Yelloly. Okay. And Aston Martin's sim driver Nick Yelloly was seventh. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Yelloly. That's not a name. He's He's a little bit yellow. Like that's, like, that's like Jeremy oh, Clarkson God. doing a racist Chinese accent. <laughs> oh, God. Valtteri Bottas also had a go in an Alfa Romeo and was 12th, which bodes well. Yes. <laughs> Bottas went bad. into the Alfa and was like way slower than Grand Show. I mean, I don't know the internet's what happened. He might have just been doing installation laps or something. But he did a lot of laps. Like, I think he did a hundred and something laps. They can't all have been slow and technical laps. The fact that he was only 12th and the new signing, who everyone says, meh, he was all right, but he's not that great, was far quicker than him. Could be a long season for Bottas next year. Look how fast Piastri was. Why is he not in F1? He was champion again. He's won three championships in a row for the last three years. I watched watched the first Formula 2 race I've watched all year and it was really good. (laughs) There you go. But Piastri is basically, he's come in every year for the past three years, he's come into a new championship, won it, moved on to the next one, won it, moved on to the next one, won it. And it still doesn't get him a seat in F1. I think it's a real shame. But it's F1 and it's always been that way. It's because he doesn't have enough money behind him. Well, yeah, that's the reason that Guan Yu Zhou's got the seat at um, Alphys, because he's got a ton ton of money. Oh, a ton of money. But I think Piastri, as Piastri can... Trouble is, again, like next year he's not got a seat. He's not got a race seat. I think he's development driver at Alpine, which mm. means nothing. He might get an FP1, maybe, but he's not going to have a chance to prove himself. I really hope that he actually gets a chance to actually have a drive somewhere. Maybe if one of the shitter teams, shitter drivers fucks up, he can take one of their places. So some big dogs are leaving F1. No, not Michael Massey. Well, not as we record this anyway. But F1 Managing Director Ross Braun is expected to bail at the end of next year. And the Chief Technical Officer, Pat Simmons, is set to retire in the summer. It follows the moving of F1 technical matters from Formula One management to the sport's governing body, the FIA, at the end of the season. After the weekend's shit show, this sounds like a great idea, right? It's a bit of a worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they haven't sort of demonstrated particular competence at looking after, well, anything, uh, looking after already existing rules. So what? So as far as I can understand, this is this goes back to the eighties. So there was the FISA and FOCA wars, where it was like, who's in charge of what? 
And Bernie Eccleston basically said, right, you let us do all the commercial stuff and you can do the regulations, FIA. And that was how it stayed for a long time. Then when Bernie went, there was this kind of Liberty took over and Liberty want to change the show a lot. So they've basically been involved in a lot of the making the rules different, the new regulations for next year and everything. And it's all Liberty. The FIA have got a bit of a bloody nose by this. Going, well, what's the point of us? Good point. (laughs) Well, they they sure showed us this weekend. (laughs) Yeah. We're still relevant. Yeah, we don't want to be stewards and race directors. Yeah. You want to have a say, like, planning the party, man. We can put on so, the show as well. Yeah. We could dance. So maybe it's the reverse of the Bernie fight, where instead of all the teams threatening to leave, it's like the FIA are threatening to leave. <laughs> it's like, it was like, all right, see ya. Um, but yeah, so now the rules are going to go back to the FIA, which means they're going to make a fucking hash of it. <laughs> which means what's probably going to happen is next year's going to be amazing, and then the FIA will be like, right, we've understood what's happened. The racing in 2022 was so good. So what we're going to do next year is the same, but with barge boards. Yeah, yeah. What we've <laughs> decided like, no. is that we need more reliance on aerodynamics. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, we'd like everything you've got, but we're just going to... It's like if working in design, it's basically going to be like when someone gives you feedback and goes, we like everything, but could you change a uh, hundred things? Yeah. We like everything, but could you change all of it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fuck uh, yeah. Pat Simmons, I mean, he's getting all of it. And Ross Braun, I don't know, you get the impression that he's just, he's he's done a lot. He has done a lot. He's had a career. He's done, he's done a lot, bless him. He's tired. He'll probably still be around, won't he? Somebody, he'll be a consultant at the very least. Somebody will want to pay him to tell him how to win a world championship. He'll turn up at Haas. Oh, I'll tell you what. Right, he probably wouldn't go back to Mercedes, would he? Because they fired him, basically. Didn't they? they basically let him go, didn't they? Would he go to Red Bull? Ooh, Would he go to I McLaren? Ooh. He wouldn't go back to Ferrari. He might go back to Ferrari. Did he burn any bridges at Ferrari? I got the impression from reading interviews he's not a big fan of Ferrari. Oh, really? I think it was quite hard work. and Because I think That's he managed to change... Well, I think the problem is he managed to change the culture entirely over a decade. And then the second he left, it was like an elastic band went... <laughs> ding! And they just and went back. back to go... Hey. We're inept again! <laughs> <laughs> it becomes the most Italian thing you've ever seen, yeah. <laughs> pizzas come flying out the cupboards. And, <laughs> and Ross Brown's like, I said no pizzas! <laughs> <laughs> but the engine keeps the pizza warm. That's why we have the little slot. It's like, no, that's... Yeah, literally Mar- Mario and Luigi come bounding into the room. <laughs> oh. Oh, racism. <laughs> Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at for F1's sake or find us on Facebook where we're for F1's sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. Alternatively, though, if you think we are right, it will cost you because next week it is our end of season blowout two part final episodes of the year. And for that, we need to keep Jack Nichols in wine. So dig deep, just like Ryan Simpson, who says, cheers for all the laughs this year. Thanks. That covers it all. All the laughs, not just some of them. Thanks all for that them. one. Thanks very much, Ryan. Michael Bullock, who says, thanks for being the most entertaining F1 podcast. I think that's praise. I told you the juggling was a really good feature. <laughs> podcast <laughs> juggling. <laughs> Fucking juggling. Andy Wallington. Wallington. Tube stop. I think it sounds more like a northern town Hey, I'm from I'm from Wellington. Is that northern where? Michael Perry. Oh, that's a source. Spicy. Yes. Spicy. Oh, so good they I've named never him been, once. I've never been to a Nando's. What? Whoa. Looks shit. 
Even I like Nando's. I don't like anything. We don't have them in Berlin. We don't have any chains. Actually. <laughs> we don't, don't have. have uh, we don't have any chains. Actually. We don't have any chains. Chains will get you a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Griffin. Yay! Thank you, Donald. Hannah Elwick. Thanks, Hannah Elwick. That uh-huh. sounds like a part nearly of- Michael Elphick. Ah, oh, but not Elphick. <laughs> but and Elwick. not Michael either. Nowhere near Michael. No one. On, 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 El- in hindsight, <laughs> not nowhere near. Well, Elwick is actually Spanish for the wick. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie Ross. That's a good name. That's a porn star mm. name, if ever I heard one. No, that's a Scottish <laughs> name. A Scottish hey, porn I'm Robbie star. Ross. I'm Robbie Ross, and I've got uh, Robbie Ross with a big long dong. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said Scottish. <laughs> I'm Robbie Ross, and i got the biggest gosh. <laughs> are, are you channeling Billy Connolly there? <laughs> Is that your go-to I, Scottish man? Yeah, remember, can you imagine Robbie Ross doing a jobby? A jobby? <laughs> a jobby. I mean, I'd like to point out that we're not thinking about that. Well, we are now, because Terry's I am now. It, but yeah, jobby oh. Ross. No! He's get his huge schlong out of the way so we can see his shit <laughs> coiling out of his ass. Oh, stop it. Oh. And thank you, finally, to the very generous multiple rounds of beer from Oscar Marin. Oh, or Marin. Marin. I'm sorry we missed or uh, Marlin. For, for multiple or rounds Merlin. of beer. I don't think we can well, mock, mock like Oscar that. at all. I, I mean, think we can. I don't think so. Not for multiple rounds of beer. I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. Not that I'm calling you a horse, Oscar. <laughs> no. Horse. Probably hung like one. He's not hung like Robbie Ross. Oh, imagine Robbie Ross in a sauna with Oscar Marin coming in. I feel oh, like... Oscar, you've got such a beautiful penis. Right, first of all, phrasing. Second of all, I'm not sure we want to get into a literal dick measuring contest between our listeners because I don't want to read the emails if that's going to happen. It's not literal. Look, whoever's got the biggest dick listening, I will buy you a drink. Aww. Reader, it was me. Yeah. <laughs> Send your emails to Terry at FF100. <laughs> no, no. Terry at <laughs> with dick pics, please. But you've got to have them next to a point of reference. So maybe a can of Coke. Or an FW14B. <laughs> a die cast scale model of a Formula One car. No, no. No, no. An actual. Oh, no. The actual one. You have to go, to, go to, to the Williams, Williams headquarters in Grove. I will pay their bail. <laughs> <laughs> And a thank you to our monthly donors keeping us in beer all year long. This week, we celebrate Chris Lee. Yay. And mm. Paul Hewings. Yay. And if I you couldn't have cheer because enjoyed- I was drinking the beer you paid for. Yeah. It's <laughs> good. very good. Good. And if you have enjoyed listening to us this year and you want us to keep going on, even when there are an unhealthy amount of races planned for next year, please spur us on by going to ff1s.com forward slash pint, pint, pint. <laughs> I got teams, 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 push for Stappen, Mercedes. I got teams, 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 push for Stappen, Ferrari. To the left, to the right, jump up and down, car safety. Come and race every night. Something, something, Pierre Gasly. Red Bull. My 2021 season came to a close with a sleepless night and I'm able to get rid of the image of damp champagne-soaked Horner out of my mind. Which one? (laughs) (laughs) The question I can't stop thinking is, do you think Verstappen's dad is finally proud? And if so, how will he show it? Well, I don't think he's proud. I think he's going to be 
he's going to think he's going to be proud, but he's actually going to get bitter and jealous because now his son's done what he never did. He realizes that his whole life was a fucking farce. I think, as far as he's concerned, you see, did you anything, see them after he was the... just a vessel. <laughs> did you see them after the race, um, like behind the scoreboard thing, when you were sitting down talking to him, and Max was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I've done it," and Jos was talking to him very earnestly. I like to think he was saying, "Well done, you've won the first one. There's only yeah, ten more yeah, to go." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't let it get to your head and don't get cocky. Yeah, you little shit. And he slapped him across the face. (laughs) You're still shit to me. (laughs) I'm I'm sure Yoss is very proud of his son. Horrible Yoss. No. No? No. Because Verstappen's Instagram showed a picture of him with the trophy and then a picture of his dad being proud of him and then another picture and then another picture of his dad being proud of him. And I thought... There's some issues there. Oh, I mean, there. Well, are. I think there are some issues because probably Jos Verstappen runs his social media account. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you think he's sort of like yeah. the Britney? I know. We, uh, I know we had all the jokes about Rosberg being called Britney, but do you think actually Jos Verstappen controls everything about Max's life? Could be. Well, yeah, he's going out with a PK. I didn't realise that until this because I know we. I know that he We've nicked Kvyat's. Yeah, yeah, I know he nicked Kvyat's um, ex-girlfriend, which which was the headline story for me. But now I realise it's a PK, and it's part of Jos Verstappen. It's like you've got to go out with a world champion's daughter. Well, it's not just yeah. It's not just any PK. It's it's <laughs> Nelson's Nelson Senior's daughter and Nelson Junior's sister. Exactly. You know. So this wow. is Jos going right. We need everything. If if there's some way that you can have an affair with one of Mansell's boys, then we're in. <laughs> Leo, get over here. <laughs> like Princess Die. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Can you fuck Princess Die? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. Okay, all right. Well, I think we've done Verstappen. Let's move on to Perez. 23 races in, and suddenly it becomes clear that Perez is the teammate you never knew you needed. What a drive. Do you think Verstappen would have won without his right hand man? Yes. Well, as it turns okay. out, yes, because Michael Massey was there, ready to do anything that was needed. <laughs> but um, that was a that was a quality bit of um, teammate bullshit by uh, by Perez. The thing is, Perez has done that a couple of times this year, where he can hold up Hamilton, who is you know one of the greatest drivers in the world, and you do make you do start to wonder. Okay, so he can save tyres well, he can defend really well. Why isn't he better? <laughs> I think well, he's very good at driving very he's- slowly. It he's seems. good at driving backwards, isn't he? That's it. And he's good it? at it's driving. Like, yeah. He's good at driving in an exact way where it just makes it really, really difficult to get past him. And I've, I've, I've it's raced like against people I, like this in karting. If I like, was driving in Formula One, very similar. Um, but there is an art to it, like of knowing exactly when to be slow and when not to be slow, so they can't just whiz <laughs> past you. Like the way he slowed. Uh, the, I mean, that's t- what me and Chico are. Right, we, we, we. <laughs> We know slow. when to be slow, which is when we're All on the, the track. Time. Yeah. <laughs> but the the way that he managed to, I mean, how the the speed that Verstappen managed to catch them both up, it went from like six seconds to one second in, was it like one lap? So he took five seconds out of him without letting him pass. That's that's a skill and an art. So fair play to him. That was quite impressive. He had to retire his car. Did uh, did we find out why? I'm not sure I did, actually. I'm just trying well, to find it was out now. This is a bit dodgy because there were some conspiracy theories that were first put out by Ted Kravitz on the Sky coverage, actually, that were saying that they'd underfueled his car on purpose to mean that he would be wow. super quick. Which is why suddenly at the end of the race, they went, we've got to retire the car. And he went, yeah, but it's fine. He went, no, the engine's breaking. He's like, no, 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 it's fine. He's like, no, 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 no. can no, see no. bits falling off it right now. Yeah, oh, it's all broken. Oh, I can't hear that noise. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, you mention it. No, you mention it. Yeah. Well, the, the or other th- there, was, yeah. there was another theory that was saying that um, he 
was the car was breaking down and there was one lap left and they were like if he breaks down on like the restart lap then it's all over that so will fuck went, everything right, yeah we will sacrifice you <laughs> Just so you know how important you are to us. You were great when you were doing that driving a few laps ago, but now you are officially dead to us. Get out of the fucking way of Max. <laughs> get off the track. Yeah. Wow. Actually, actually get out of this race. That's how yeah. little you mean to us. Yeah. We are stopping you from being in a Formula One race. Get out of the car Let and put, put this Max Verstappen 2021 World Championship t-shirt on. I don't care the race hasn't finished yet, Sergio. You will fucking wear it. <laughs> Do you want to go back in the box? <laughs> Not with helmet. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Mercedes Hamilton an almost flawless drive led for almost the entire race and you may not be a world champion Lewis but by the time this goes live you will have met the Queen or another member of the royal family depending on yeah, the state of her back Prince Andrew or something yeah bad oh luck. god Bottas though I mean he may have come in handy I mean but- if Prince Andrew had a sword you think he'd at least do the honourable thing <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Even if it's ceremonial, you reckon you can probably still, you know, get through an artery. Yeah, but he, they'll, they'll have a uh, knife sharpened in the kitchen, won't they? Yeah, anyway. that's someone's job. That's, that's one of the butlers. <laughs> <laughs> Bring forth the knife sharpener. <laughs> you you called me, lad? <laughs> um, come on, back to F1. Oh, Bottas, boring. I mean, he might have come in handy. So where was he? He was pissing about in sick, that's where. Will Russell be a better sidekick next year? Could he be Perez-esque? If there's one thing, Bottas, if he'd have been like, you know, the customary third or fourth place and not a fucking six minutes behind, then he would have stopped Vettel, I know, Verstappen having those pit yeah, stops. Yeah, he would have done. Hmm. Where was nowhere, absolutely nowhere yeah. the whole time. And right at the end, he got overtaken by bloody Snowder. God. Absolutely woeful. Oh He'd completely given up. Like there was no, I, no. I would fire him. <laughs> yeah, he had no brand loyalty. He was just like, ah, oh, fuck you guys. I'm leaving. It's like it's your own bloody fault, Valtteri. This is why you're getting fired because you're crap. Yeah. Tremendously fast driver, okay. not a very good racing driver. We've said it before. Exactly. We'll say it again. This was a perfect example. Absolutely nowhere. Mm. Might as well have been in the McLaren. And did he lose the world championship for Hamilton? Maybe. Yes. Yes. And most importantly, Terry, Phil, who owes who money? Well, I'd just like to say that um, Paddy Power paid out on both drivers because it was that controversial. So I'm not Paddy Power, so hang on. Do you owe me money or do you owe the dog's money? The, I can't remember. Was it the dog's? No, I owe Alzheimer's, I think I said, 50 quid. Oh, they won't remember. Oh, <laughs> Terry. <fuck it. laughs> no. That's awful. Just for that, I'm going to pay them 50 quid. <laughs> Oh god! <laughs> so do I owe anybody twenty one this year? I don't know. I think you've, you because I think you said Verstappen was going to win it, and you somehow you were right. For that. Fuck me! This is the first year that I've not been out of pocket with this fucking podcast. <laughs> Ferrari to round off Ferraris. Yeah, not bad. Patch Sign stepped in to take the final podium of the season. What was the most memorable bit of his race for you? I'm saying this because I don't really remember well, anything other than the number two. For me, it was better. when I found out after the race that he'd come third. There's something about being on the podium for a title decider. I can't remember who it was. I think it was the year that Jensen Button won. I think he finished fifth or something. So someone unusual won the race. And it was totally ignored because it was just like, ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, whatever, mate. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it won't happen again. 
Yeah, I genuinely had no idea who was anywhere until afterwards and I looked it up. Good. Well, we're really pleased for you and wish you the best of luck. I mean, to be career. honest, let's let, let, give him his credit. Signs beat Leclerc this year, which is mm. pretty impressive. Bearing in mind that Leclerc is the hot shot with the five-year... F- he's got the longest contract in F1 right now and he's the fucking future of Ferrari. And Signs has come in and in the first year, beaten him. So, good on him, Carlos. When's Leclerc's contract till? It's like 2040 or something. Yeah, forever. It's got tenure. Cool. Was this the first time we'd seen Helmet Cam in a race? I think it was. Because that was pretty cool. I like Helmet Cam. I want to see more Helmet Cam. yes. I really, I mean, I just think it's really unfair that that, because it meant that Leclerc had like a much more wobbly car than everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) His car looked really hard to drive. It does show you how much buffeting they get um, when they're flying around, uh, particularly on the back straight, I thought. Yeah. And just to just to drop a massive clangor, having been in an F1 car around that track, uh, that is what it's like. But it's more violent. Boring. It wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't boring. M- McLaren. Things were looking optimistic for McLaren after qualifying, but after a Norris cock-up at the first corner and Ricardo not coming home with any points, the team had to forget this race and look back at other highlights from this season. Ricardo may have missed out on the chance to get past the safety car early, but that did mean he got to get front row seats to the Hamilton and Verstappen final lap. Which would you rather? What, go past the safety car or not? Go past the, past the safety car early, No, I wouldn't want to go early. past the safety car. I would, there was an interview with Norris at the start of the race because he was right behind the two. He was like third on the grid. And yeah. you could just tell he was a bit like, I don't want to be responsible for fucking this up. And I think I'd be the same. I wouldn't want to be unlapping myself and like, clipping Verstappen or something and going oh fuck I'm sorry oh my god I'm so sorry do you reckon that's so why I Norris think, drove off the track at the first corner yeah yeah I think I would like to be Ricardo and just sit back and watch actually what I th- think I've realised I'm more passive just occurred to me I can't remember who exactly was where at the restart behind Verstappen because when you watch the person that presumably you were chasing and thinking oh it's this safety car restart I can now get whoever's in front of me and then you see everybody in front of you overtaking and getting their lap back, but you don't. They must be really fucked off. It's like, hang on, why can't I go past them? I want to be right behind that person and try and get that position. I meant to do some research, because imagine, right, as, as a point back to Michael Mason and everything, imagine if whoever was in sixth, um, that could have been like a, a finishing constructor's place. Like, you know, if they'd have overtaken the person in front of them, it exactly, yeah. shifted the constructor's order. Because they were just left high and dry. They were just like, oh, no, no. The top two cars matter. No one else matters. This but like, is it. You know, there's millions of dollars in this sport yeah. of where and, you finish. And places did change in that last race. Yeah. Like, so didn't sign Snail on fifth in the championship or something like that? And Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm sure someone else has done that. It's another maths. bullshit fallout from that stupid decision. Stupid. Anyway, I felt sorry for Norris as well because he did really well this weekend. And was he third mm. on the grid? And then he got a puncture yeah. and that screwed his race. But he did—he actually did really well. But it's about fucking time because he had about five distinctly average races. Alpha Tauri. Holy fuck. Sonoda came fourth. He raced well, hassled Alonso and seemed to know what he was doing. Not only that, Gasly came fifth, meaning a great weekend for Alpha Tauri. Unfortunately, no one is paying attention to anything other than Ham and Ver. Controversial, though. Is Sonoda going to be good next season? Well, it, this shows he can do it. The thing is, he might be good because the cars are going to be easier to drive next year. Or different to drive. Or harder to drive. I can't remember. The they're going to be, be 
something yeah, to Yeah, they're going to be cars year. next year. They're going to definitely mm. be cars next year. And if there's anything we know about Sonoda, he can, he can or cannot be good in a car. <laughs> Sonoda wiped the floor with Gasly this weekend. And that, as far as I can remember, has not happened at all. He finally put it all together. Because he has shown, we've been saying all year, he's shown these little flashes of goodness, but then he usually colossally fucks it up somehow. And this race, absolutely nailed it. Qualified well, finished well, drove well, didn't crash into anyone, didn't spin out. Brilliant. Now... Admittedly, it's taken him 22 races to do that, which is way too long. And frankly, I don't think he should have been given the chance to race next year, but he has. So hopefully, you know, this is the moment where it's all clicked. It's like, yes, I'm in. Because I I would like Yuki Tsunoda to be good because A, I'd like Japan to have a good driver and B, he's quite funny and I'd like him to stick around but back up his bullshit attitude by being good. Yeah. Which he hasn't up until now. I think... Maybe next year will be his year, or not. <laughs> Delete think, is appropriate. Yeah, I think he's going to be absolutely brilliant next year, or he might continue to be an absolute shambles and lose his place halfway through the season. Alpine, both got points. The team came fifth. I bring you the facts, now you give me your opinions. Here's my opinion. I bought a bar of chocolate the other day that said Alpine, and in my head I pronounced it Alpine. They've ruined, they've ruined the English yeah. stroke German language for me. <laughs> they've ruined some language. They've ruined all language. They've ruined um, that one word that appears in a lot yeah. of languages. Ocon had another reasonable rate. I mean, the car didn't look that good this weekend, but um, Ocon did better than Alonso. Well, Alonso, you know, Raikkonen's quit. Well, they haven't said that. He was he finished behind him. How did that happen? I don't care. Okay. Aston Martin. A complete waste of time for these guys. Stroll was one of the victims of Lapgate, and Vettel was just stuck behind Giovinazzi. How do you think Stroll will spend Christmas? I reckon he's going to use his car as a Christmas tree. <laughs> or just stand it on an end. Yeah. Because it's green, isn't it? Chop it's it up, set fire to it. And he'll pay Vettel to sit on the top of it. <laughs> oh, the mind boggles. And, and Vettel would do it, surprisingly. <laughs> um, yeah, their car's been quite... Every man's got his price. I wonder if... <laughs> how much would you... How much would... The question to both of you, Philogica. How much mm-hmm. would it take for you to... Not have your own Christmas, but to spend your Christmas sitting on Stroll's F1 car tree. I mean, and it's not an enjoyable time. You're not going to get to have dinner with him or anything, or even talk. You've just got to sit there. I mean, that's a plus. Just money. Just cash. Um, just cash. How much would it be? I mean, not that much, if I'm honest. Pr- Five pr- grand, I'd do it. Oh, okay. Really? No, it would be more than that. <laughs> wow. I say, that. I say not that much, but it would be more than that. <laughs> I would probably do it for... I'm actually trying to think realistically if Lance Stroll called me up now, what would it take for me to explain Hello, to my family that I'm not going to be with them this week and that <laughs> exactly, my wife has to look after my child. And well, I'd undermine to, you. I'm going to so go to whatever Canada you said, and sit on Lance I'd do it Stroll. cheaper. Yeah, but I don't think he'd respect you, Chica. I think there's a, you know, it's Tommy Hilfiger. Yeah, I'm not getting into the business politics of it. I'm just saying if he called me up and said, what's your price? I'm trying to think what genuinely it would be. I reckon probably 25 grand, I'd probably do it. Really? I think so. I mean, for the you sake of, yeah, the sake of a, 25 grand for a couple of days' work. Yeah, but you're not... Come on, Phil, get your freelance brain on. It's not about how much you do it for. It's about <laughs> how much he's willing to pay. Well, that is, that is a good point. Because you know what it's like point. when you're freelancing and you say, I'll do that for, for in this instance, 25 grand. And, and he'll agree really quickly and like, just be fuck. like, yes. He'll be like, 25 grand for a joke. You'd let me ruin your Christmas and your phone rest for 25. I was going to give you 3 million, you fucking dick. All right, yeah, maybe I should pitch higher. 
All right, I'd, I'd, I'm going five million. I'd, I'd, so Lance, if you're listening, I think that'd be unrealistic. I'd probably pitch a hundred grand. <laughs> Phil, <laughs> you are flattering yourselves. I don't reckon you give us. You think five million's unrealistic, but the idea of Lance <laughs> calling up three members of a lowly F1 podcast and say, "Be my angel on my F1 car tree," is realistic. <laughs> What I find really funny is the idea that he'd call him up and I would be the one that he'd try and get. I think he'd go for either one of you before he'd try and get me. You're oh, much so more angelic than I am. Oh, I have I got mean, bleached hair right now. Exactly. You've got wings. bleached hair and I'm cheap, so... <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is the reason I brought this up is because I've got a personal announcement to make. Um, uh, this year, I will be going to Canada for Christmas. <gasps> and I will be Why? the angel on the tree. Oh, for Lance Stroll. Lance Stroll. Latifi, actually. I was going to say, because, <laughs> so you know, if, if Stroll wasn't up for it, I'd sort of, you know, lower it by 20 grand and go to Latifi and see if he's interested. Well, I'm waiting to hear, because apparently Latifi's fucking fucked his car on the last lap or something. I don't know what happened. But, um, yeah. So, yeah, it's fine. Alfa Romeo. The final of Kimi Raikkonen's last ever race was parking up with a brake failure on lap 25. I like to think he wouldn't have had it any other way. Giovinazzi only survived a few more laps until he had to retire with a malfunctioning gearbox Formula E, here we come. Will you miss these two? Nope. Nope. William, I will miss. I will miss that since the start of this podcast, we've been joking about Kimi Räikkönen and retiring, and now seven years later, he's gone. <laughs> yeah. That's all or I'm going to miss. Has him. he? <laughs> oh, don't oh, please. Do you reckon it's going to be like when Jensen Button retired, and then like by Monaco the following year, he was back again and taken out what's his name? Oh, yeah, because what if he took out, what Bottas it? It and Zoe get um, COVID? But this is it. And well, they'll get Hulkenberg, but if Hulkenberg gets COVID... He's not coming back. That is one driver that is not coming back. He's done it. He was done years ago. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I'm, I've not bought into the, the Raikkonen hype in the way that the rest of the world seems to have done. It's like, yeah, fine. Okay, it's mildly amusing. He's a journeyman driver who lucked into a championship and was very good in his McLaren days because the rules suited him fine. He's a great balls-out driver, but most of the time in Formula 1, you don't need your balls out. He's a grumpy Jensen Button. Williams! Williams. Latifi was, unknowingly, the trigger for rows, tantrums, injustice and a potential massive F1 court case. How do you think he feels after this? Pretty fucking guilty and not justifiably so, I would say. It wasn't his fault that he crashed. He was trying to beat Schumacher and he binned it. You know, that's unfortunate. He's not a very good driver. It's just one of those things that happens. But he's being... What a way to make him feel better. <laughs> but he's being vilified by idiots. Did you see the fucking Daily Mail ran a hack piece on him? It's like, who is Nicholas Latifi and how much has he crashed in the past? It's like, you bellends. It's not his fault. Don't pick on <laughs> yeah, him for being Glock, average. Glock got all this. I hope Glock, Glock gave him a Glock call. Glock shouldn't have got it either. It's not it's not. No, but I hope fault. Glock gave him a call and went, do you know what? This is going to define your entire career and you'll be remembered for nothing else. I think Glock called him up and went, you penis, you ruined the championship. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, the Glock's going to be like, you know, in 10 years, I'm only going to be mentioned because people remember that one lap when I was on the wrong tyres and the rest of my career and actually my life is pointless. Yeah, I mean, looking, glug, glug, glug. looking, <laughs> looking, looking at uh, Twitter when, when he crashed, within less than a minute of him crashing, somebody had tweeted, is that Latifi? <laughs> yeah, it's good. That'll be... Yeah, that'll be his career now. But he might be able to do a lot of after-dinner speaking on the back of it. Yeah, that's true. Hey, yes. 
<sighs> Sorry, I forgot. Do you think Mazepin really had COVID or do you think Haas just couldn't face another race? <laughs> it depends who checks the tests, whether it's Haas that check them or if, if Mazepin reports them. <laughs> if, um, if it was Haas, they would say, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, your test came back uh, positive, so you can't come in. No, no, stay, stay, mm. stay at home. Yeah, I mean, I think Mazepin, I think he's dead. But that would mean that they'd... Well, what was interesting about this is that because he got COVID like literally right before the race, they couldn't bring anyone in to replace him, which is pretty unusual. Normally, they'd get a replacement driver in, but the replacement driver would have had to have done a practice session. But with bubbles and everything, you're like, well, surely some other people... Is that his nickname? Yeah, bubbles, you know, is his mate. <laughs> but surely other people in Haas have also got COVID then. Yeah, it kind of Yeah, but they I don't mean, they don't have to drive together. the car, do they? So I mean if it was him yeah, and his pit think, crew, it's like, well you don't need his pit crew, he's not racing. Yeah, but I think they should get one of his pit crew who's tested negative to drive. That's what I'm saying. Well th- I, I was expecting um Pietro Fittipaldi to jump in the car, but the the rule mm. is if you haven't done any kind of practice session over the weekend you can't drive. Uh, and everyone's like, Fair. Why do you get Jack Aitken in? Because he did FP one for Williams. But obviously he hadn't got a seat or any of that nonsense. Like, in theory, I think he could have raced for Haas. I mean, he probably didn't want to. Bear in mind, the last time he <laughs> raced, he ruined the race for George Russell. Oh, God, he'd have been Latifi, wouldn't he? <laughs> he would have been. Have been. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if the only two two times that Jack Aitken had ever competed in a Formula <laughs> 1 race, he completely fucked it for somebody. Whoopsie. <laughs> Actually, Schumacher. Um. Schumacher, it was the Schumacher battle with Latifi. Did we find out why Latifi crashed? Did he just bin it or was there something wrong with his car? Because he was having a um, big old slug out with Schumacher just before he crashed. And he, he went over the curb. on a bunch of Red Bull on the track. Because <laughs> didn't he, he, he went off the track in a battle with Schumacher like half a lap beforehand and then crashed. Um, so maybe Schumacher caused it. <gasps> was it Schumacher trying to take someone out to win a title again? Oh. <laughs> <sighs> If only Jack Villeneuve's Also, son. it was it was Villeneuve who's Canadian. You know who else is Canadian? Ooh. Nicholas Latifi. Ooh. Schumacher like and a it. Canadian battling decides a championship. There we go. In Jerez. All of which brings us to the standings with Terry Saunders. Okay, well apparently the FIA radio isn't the only thing that, that apparently um Toto Wolf at the end of the race did a little message for every driver. It's like a little Christmas card thing. He does it every year, but this year he was pretty pissed off for some reason. So here are his messages. Uh, Hi, Max. Toto here. I will not be commenting in this message until the appeal has gone through. <laughs> and in second place, we have so many T-shirts printed about you being the eight-time champion, so I guess that settles it, Lewis. <laughs> I can't do the accent unless I say that word. Uh, you literally live in the country. In a... No, I live in Germany, Phil. It's the same. It's the... Oh, wow. <laughs> Third place, if I ever see you in a Mercedes again, you are fucking dead, that's bottom. <laughs> um, no, Sergio, no, is what he said to Sergio. Oh, and in fifth place, Carlos signs with, you hate Max too, don't you? Dish some dirt, we need some dirt on him. In sixth place, make sure you tell everyone the safety car stuff was weird, that's Lando Norris. In seventh place, Charles, this isn't right, you're supposed to beat signs. Uh, in eighth place, you're thick as pig shit, mate. Honestly, even Max could beat you at Scrabble, that's Daniel Ricciardo. In ninth place, what's more important, winning for your team or rubbing the man who humiliated you off the track? It's Pierre Gasly. He's trying to get in them, you know. In 10th place, it's Alonso. And he said, uh, did you see Kimmy's dignified departure? You could learn from that. 
Esteban, it's Toto. Hello, Esteban will answer the call because he fired him. Um, no, Sebastian, no, because I like saying no. Uh, we need money for lawyers. Can you put your dad on? It's Lance Stroll. Not now, Yuki. The girl ups are talking. It's Yuki Sonoda. Hey, BB, thinking of you. It's George Russell in 15th place. Hey, Kimmy, 2008 Gordon. You really can't believe you're still here. It's Kimmy Reichen. <laughs> Sorry, it's made me laugh. Um, you've got a free Red Bull for life, but every can will be laced with fucking Patronas. It's Nicholas the TV. <laughs> and hey, we need a test driver next year. Do you know anyone? It's Antonio Giovinazzi. <laughs> and I went to Michael Massey. He was very busy, but I got him to give a little interview. And I said, what do you think of all the teams? And this is what he said. First place, they piss me off. It's Mercedes. In second place, they scare me. It's Red Bull. In third <laughs> place, they have power, but they don't use it. It's Ferrari. In fourth place, it's McLaren. Bless them for thinking they can influence me. And in fifth place, it's Alpine. I don't even have their radio on. In sixth place, they keep sending me fucking clothes. It's Alpha Tauri. In seventh place, I'm on a monthly retainer. I don't want to talk about them. It's Aston Martin. In eighth place, I keep trying to cheat them to the top, but they're so shit, they still end up last. It's Williams. And in ninth place, it's Alfa Romeo. And he went, who? And now for the man of the match of driving. Lewis Hamilton, Nicholas Latifi. (laughs) And now it is time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. It's Christmas time and there's no need to be afraid because Max won which meant the fucking Dutch won't be out with pitchforks trying to kill everyone not wearing orange that didn't work so well for Ireland did it folks (laughs) but I'm here in my role shared with Jerry Horner as a UN Goodwill Ambassador to offer an olive branch to the fucking Dutch because believe it or not we were like you once let me take you back in time in 2007, a new exciting driver came onto the scene, a certain young Englishman called Lewis Sir Hamilton. He was precocious, fast, exciting, and, like Max Verstappen, he was an absolute bell end. <laughs> <laughs> English sport was in a bad place back then. The only world champion we'd had since 1976 was Lord Nigel of Mansell. Even Damon Hill, who came top of the standings in 1996, didn't really feel like a champion and more like an admin error, like he got lucky on a community chess card. Andy Murray was years away from winning Wimbledon and all the British sports stars were basically Tim Henman in a different shirt. See Damon Hill above. His tumultuous first season, Lewis Hamilton that is, was spent battling an older driver you may have heard of called Fernando Alonso in a team called McLaren, who were good then. As a rookie, he was exciting and set to be a multiple world champion, except he hot-headedly fucked it up by driving into the Chinese pit lane and an older driver you may have heard of called Kimi Raikkonen won the world championship. The following year, the championship went down to the final corner of the final lap of the final race, but in a much more satisfying way, and Lewis won the first of his eight rightful championships. <laughs> then he spent some years in the doldrums as McLaren got shit. He got... Sorry. He got... He got... He got mired in a... Sorry, I can't He got mired... He got, <laughs> he got mired in a pussycat doll and Jensen Button rightfully returned British sport to being a bit like Tim Henman again. Until he joined Mercedes and wiped the floor with fucking everyone except Nico Rosberg once and he will not shut the... F- and God, he will not shut up about it. But don't worry, I have a solution. Why am I giving you, the fucking Dutch and young Max Verstappen fans, a history lesson? 
because history repeats. Soon enough, Lewis will retire, and it's likely that Max will go on to match and maybe even beat the records of Schumacher and Hamilton, because everyone says these records can't be beaten, which means they will. Well, what does this mean for you, dear Max Verstappen fans? Well, I've written a little play, A Christmas Max Carol, and we join one of the later <laughs> scenes after he's been visited by the ghost of Christmas past, his <laughs> fucking dad, the ghost of Christmas present, Horner, sucking him off, literally, I got a bit carried away writing that scene, and now he meets <laughs> the ghost of Christmas future. Over to you, Chica. Open in a foggy mist. Why the fuck are my stage directions? You're <laughs> the stage directions. <laughs> come on, Chica, play For along. You get I some think... lines later. Just shut, just, I look, uh, come on. Max Verstappen walks up to a shadowy figure. Shadow is in hard to make out, not the 1970s shadow F1 team. <laughs> no, it's me. I'm playing Max, but I should say I've only seen The Muppets Christmas Carol. I've not read the book, so I'll do Max as Michael Caine. Hello, <laughs> my name's Max Verstappen. <laughs> Am I in the presence of the ghost of F1 World Championships yet to come? The figure nods. <laughs> I fear you more than any spectre I have yet met, especially Christian. He's huge. Anyway, will you not speak to me, ghost? The figure grasps Scrooge's, I mean Michael, I mean Max's shoulder, and points to the distance. Oh yes, yes, the night is waning fast. Lead on, spirit. Fog clears to show a trophy with nine-time champion Max Verstappen on it. But spirit, this is beyond my wildest dreams. But wait... What's that by the trophy? Oh, God. Is it Twitter? I'm so bored of Max winning all the time. It's a fix. It's a fix. Anyone could win in that car. Especially with all the help he gets from the FIA. The Max Fear, I call it. <laughs> He's ruined F1. But Spirit, I'm the unrivaled goat. How could it be that I'm so hated? And with some really quite visually great acting, Terry, I mean Max, realises that he is reaping what he helped to sow. Spirit, I can change. Give me another chance and I won't pretend that the whole world was against me. I can be a better world champion, like Vettel or Prost. Fade to black. Fade up to see Scrooge opening a window. You boy! What day is it? Why, it's the morning of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, sir. There's still time. The end. Uh. <laughs> that is it from us it is goodbye to phil tromans goodbye we haven't had time to talk about jean tot who apparently is coming back to ferrari more on that if it happens and to terry saunders we haven't had time to talk about the t-shirt that is definitely launched but oh is, is the website not working oh maybe that's why you can't see it you but did, there's still gonna be a t-shirt you did promise that by this episode there was going to be a t-shirt you promised oh, was it by this episode you promised, promise by, you this promised episode? by this episode oh in that case there's still time there is still time by the time this goes out do you think three t-shirts that will go up by the time this goes out (laughs) why do i do that this is like my freelance career i realize that i'm late with something so i over promise and then i'm late again i'm a terrible person (laughs) we'll be back at some point to discuss the whole sorry season but in the meantime check out our facebook page facebook.com forward slash for f1's sake and follow us on twitter at for f1's sake thanks for listening see you soonish I've been Chica Rares. Goodbye. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.